0: that's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Now, with uncertainties over renewed lockdowns and a worsening debt crisis in China, deal makers in Asia are increasingly shifting their focus to Southeast Asia. Now, bankers and analysts say buyout firms and asset managers are now moving in on billions of dollars of infrastructure assets across Southeast Asia due to its growth prospects and stable long-term returns. But apart from bankers and analysts, there is also also a growing group of affluent and emerging affluent Asians that are looking to invest in the region. For one thing, over half of Asia's wealth is held by the broader base of affluent and emerging affluent Asians with assets between ten thousand US dollars and one million US dollars. So some financial services firms, they believe the group is currently underserved at this point in time and that digital advisory services are key to bridging that gap. So what are some investment opportunities in Southeast Asia? How can digital advisory services help more retail investors invest in the region? For more, I'm joined by Eddie Kwong, Director of Digital Business, APEC, Alliance Global Investors. Hi, Eddie, are you there?
1: Hi, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me.
0: And thanks for joining us. I understand you are on holiday as well, so happy holidays. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So, Eddie, uh, before we talk about the role of digital advisory services, I want to briefly talk about the bigger investment landscape here in Southeast Asia. Investors increasingly shifting their assets towards Southeast Asia. Why do you think this is the case?
1: Well, first of all, thank you again for having me. Mm. And if I may start with giving a bit of an intro of uh, Allianz Global Investors. Um, Asia is a global and active asset manager. We manage over 600 billion euro of assets uh, you know, offering equity, fixed income, multi-asset, alternative strategy to our investors. Um, we also provide investment advisory solutions to our clients globally. Mm. And I'm personally leading, as you said, right, the digital investment advisory business uh, in, 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 in the Asia region. So back to your question. Um, so I, I, our economists think that the reason why investors have been shifting investment to ASEAN is possibly because the ASEAN economies are opening up. And I think the macro fundamentals have also improved. Many of these economies, I think, are recovering from COVID lockdowns, uh, have got rid of uh, exchange rates for a very long time, and also has much better FX reserves coverage, lower inflation, and wider real interest rate uh, gaps you know, uh, versus you know, the U.S. And then also rising U.S. rates and high commodity prices are a concern for the region for the time being. But some economies like Malaysia, Indonesia, are net commodity exporters, while the region as a whole are also better mm-hmm. off. Compare against rising U.S. rates at this time. So I think these are really the reasons why I think, you know, we see, uh, you know, a shift to really the ASEAN countries here.
0: Right. And I want to take Allianz's take on this as well. Which market sectors and asset classes is worthy for us to take note for the moment? Just very briefly for us.
1: Um, I think, you know, we, 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 if we look at, you know, from a business pr- perspective, right, I think right. we certainly see tremendous uh, potential in digital economy. And also in the digital wealth space in Asia, right? I mean, we look at a a uh, Bloomberg analysis, and it's saying that you know Southeast Asia's digital economy have you know may grow 25 to 30 percent in 2022, riding you know this ballooning of digital customer base, and also retailers uh, aggressively you know kind of expanding their business. So definitely, I think look out for the digital economy uh, in, in the region.
0: Right, we're certainly going to touch about the digital economy and how digital advisory services will help. But in the meantime, Eddie, you mentioned about this in one of Allianz's reports, over half of Asia's wealth held by the broader base of affluent and emerging affluent Asians. So tell us more about the profile of this group of investors. I understand they are also underserved as well, so tell us more.
1: Yes, certainly. So we recently published a white paper, right, with the support of Accenture, where we looked at over three thousand in any investor and over five hundred financial advisors at private banks, wealth firms, and also retail banks in Asia. And see, you know, and, and I think what we see is that, you know, as you pointed out, a broader base of affluent and emerging affluent Asians, those with assets between, you know, ten thousand to a million US dollars, this segment is certainly growing very fast, but yet underserved. I think what they're often facing are non-differentiated products, lack of attention and services owing to a ratio of up to 30, uh, 300 to 400 clients per relationship manager and not being able uh, or provided with need-based advisory services and still paying a considerable amount of fees when it comes to investing um And I think these are certainly things and concerns that are facing, you know, our investors today.
0: Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Eddie Kwong, Director of Digital Business Asia Pacific at Allianz Global Investors. So, Eddie, as we are speaking, how can we match this group of investors with the current up-and-coming opportunities in Southeast Asia with the help of Digital Advisory Service?
1: Yeah, I mean, interestingly, I think, interestingly, there is this general myth, right, about investors in Asia right. uh, who are more averse to paying for advice or prefer to trade on their own. And then they're more aggressive, hands-on, uh, and like to respond to market fluctuations compared to, you know, other, I guess, you know, countries. Um, but yet, in our paper that I mentioned, right, and also our survey, only 32% of those surveyed in Southeast Asia see themselves as execution-focused and self-directed. Hmm. Rather, a biggest portion that is about 40, 42% right, of, of these respondents really are open to adopt an advisory kind of a persona. So their approach really is to manage their wealth so that they want to understand investment opportunities and trade-offs to validate with their relationship managers. And I think they, they also will make decisions you know, on whether to invest themselves so I think you know what you see is the needs are certainly need there, especially you know during these heightened uncertainty and volatility in the market, and and also I think um, when, when we look when we look at the proliferation proliferation of information views on social media, which leads to I think a lot of the consumers at risk of making poor decisions, and not to mention I think the region's relatively digital savvy population who increasingly I think need to plan for their life, be it you know their goals, family, retirement. Um, so I think under this kind of a backdrop, right, there's really no doubt a more holistic and wealth and advisory offering um, made available digitally, I think, would definitely benefit uh, the retail investors in, in, in the region.
0: Right. So what is the value add of the digital aspects of um, a digital advisory services compared to a traditional advisory services? Granted that we are talking about a ratio of, I think, one relationship manager to 300 customers, right?
1: Yep, yep, yep yeah and I think you know uh, uh I think what we we need to look at is um it's also um i think the potential here right because mm-hmm. um when we uh not only in our report i think you know we we see that while uh the uh penetration of these digital advisory may still be pretty modest uh but I think there is a tremendous uh opportunity for it to grow um and and I think the investors are quite open right when it comes to trusting uh, or using digital advisory tools. right. I think you know close to seventy uh, close to forty five percent of the people we survey in our reports indicate that they do trust advice uh, you know by you know algorithm over human and and how to really you know uh, uh, grow that number, I believe you know there are a, a few key areas right that I think would differentiate and and including uh, things like you know professional kind of. CIO insights engagement, wealth life cycle planning with continuity, I think leveraging, right, I think the open banking and also data sharing, uh, personalized advice, I think be it digital or hybrid. I think these are just some of the very key crucial elements that the investors are looking for and that I think as as wealth managers that we have to think about how to respond.
0: Right, you have briefly touched on that, Eddie. I just want to uh, focus a little a little bit more. In a report by Allianz Global Investors, uh, you mentioned that digital wealth management propositions have only modest market penetration. We're talking about less than 10% in Southeast Asia. But it's not just Southeast Asian investors who want to invest in a region. Asian investors, the broader Asian region, they are also looking to invest in Southeast Asia. So what is that figure for Asia as a whole? How do you intend to grow that number?
1: Yeah, so, so as I mentioned, right, I think we see, um, you know, the, the the potential is certainly there. And then um, when we look at, you know, other kind of research paper and reports out there, um, you know, there's one really look at that's produced by Ulther Wyman. And I think, you know, from 20, uh, 2022 to 2030, um, uh, they're estimating that the digital advisory market is expected to grow at over 60%. So I think right. what we see, is, you know, this, mm-hmm. this is certainly a huge potential there. And, and I think we just need to, you know, as I mentioned, right, focus on some of those key areas and think about how we can answer, you know, to those needs, um, you know, that could, you know, really, you know, help serve our clients and, and, and really the end investors.
0: On that note, I understand that uh, Allianz Global Investors have a risk lab team that helps traditional and digital banks and other service providers to develop and deploy digital platforms to serve the underserved, uh, to help them develop their own portfolio. So share with us a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly I think at at, at Allianz Global Investors, we have a dedicated team globally providing purely investment advisory services to our clients and these advisory professionals support Institutional investors as well as financial institutions, in strategic asset allocation, portfolio optimization, and recommendation, and also analysis for their investment for portfolios. I think the team takes a forward-looking approach in you know in our proprietary capital market modeling to look at the risk and return of the different you know asset classes globally. And I think you know what we do is to we really partner up with you know financial institutions. Uh, in the region, whether it's traditional or digital banks, right, to make these services available to the broader retail investors, which I think in the past is something that's only, you know, available to institutional or professional investors out there. And and I think the way we really want to do it is through, you know, partnership, right, because we think that, you know, really through true partnership, we can uh, understand, I think, what uh, the, the the clients really want and also, uh, you know, the banks, for example, can continue to provide the customer relationship management you know, of the end customers, whereas we, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an investment manager, can focus right. on delivering our investment services, right? And I think you know the, the, the term around partnership and co creation is crucial here um, because I guess no single problem, single one problem is the same, right? It's really through working closely with our partners that we can really create something differentiated that will ultimately, I think, benefit our uh, end investors.
0: Right. And finally, Eddie, uh, before we let you go, what are some broader trends within the digital wealth advisory space that you'd like to touch on as well?
1: Yeah, I think one thing we should really look out for is the growing number of digital banks in the region. Hmm. You know, I think, you know, this really creates a lot lot more needs, I think, for wealth advisory, you know, for uh, digital advisory here. I mean, it's not just happening in one market, right? Arguably, I think in, in all major markets in Asia, whether it's Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, I think there there will be a much stronger urge, you know, from the regulators also to really make sure that the underserved are being provided with access of services, which I think precisely what echoes, uh, which echoes I think what we talked about earlier in the very beginning, right? Mm. So I think you know definitely more opportunities and collaborations to come uh you know in, in this area
0: Thank you very much Eddie that was Eddie Kwong director of Digital Business APEC at Allianz Global Investors Before acting on the information on Money FM please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance